It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And then we're going to go to a gentleman that is absolutely one of my best friends on this program. Been here for a long, long time. And that, of course, is a man that stands about six foot five, weighs close to 300 pounds, Dr. History. Good morning, sir. That's six eight and 150. <laughs> Thank you. Condensed. <laughs> How are you? Great, great. And, uh, and Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Zeb. And uh, uh, I'm I'm sure you've done all your Christmas shopping. You're way ahead of all of us other males that put things off. I have. I've got my wife's Christmas stuff, and that's all I need to do. Really? Oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, the best to your wife. I understand she's had a uh, kind of broken arm that's causing problems. She has. She's doing better, but it's a slow slow healing process, but she is doing better. Yeah. We got out yesterday for a little while. Well, if she wouldn't have led with that right hook and then followed with that left cross when she was trying to nail you, she'd be all right. She'd been all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to talk about today? Well, first of all, Zeb, do you know any Chinese? I do. Do you know how to say hello? Uh, evidently not. Uh, <laughs> oh, you mean Chinese like the language. Right. I thought you meant like Chinese people. Oh, no, no. You but weren't very... Uh, specific. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to teach you how to say hello. I can't wait. Ni hao. Ni hao. Ni hao. Ni hao. And that's the only word I'm going to tell you right How's now. How's your name? Well, mine's not too <laughs> not bad. Not so good. Yeah. So that's for our students in uh, Beijing. Ni Beijing. hao. Ni hao, China. Yes. So today, I hope we didn't sever relations. <laughs> I hope we're all right. Okay. <laughs> um, so today, I'm gonna. I, I like this story because a lot of this is taken actually from the journal of the person that we're going to be talking about. Really? Yeah. So it should be fairly close to true. Fair, yeah, fairly accurate. So I, I like this, and uh, I call this the nun and the outlaw. The story. nun and the outlaw. Yeah. Okay. Now, about uh, five minutes or so, I'll take a break and do some commercials. Okay. How's that? Sounds okay. good. Good. Now, I want you to picture, if you can, Sister Blandina as she stood over the pale, bullet-written body of a young gunman and mopped the sweat off his brow with a white cloth. He smiled up at her, then turned his attention to the outlaws surrounding his bed. Oh, really? The renegade stared back at him quietly, all wearing a pretty grave exp expression that reflected the severity of his physical condition. He was shot. He was shot. Yeah. Sister Blandina's eyes shifted from the injured youth to the teenage boy standing next to him. Teenage outlaw, Billy the Kid. Oh, look out. William Bonnie. Yes. Well, he nodded politely to the, to the nun, and he said, We are glad to see you, sister, and I want to say it would give me pleasure to be able to do you any favor. Now, remember that, because that's going to come back mm -hmm. in the story here in a little bit. You got me hanging by my All fingernails. Right. Okay. Well, for more than a month, Sister Blandina had been caring for the wounded member of Billy the Kid's gang, known only as Happy Jack. Now, after being shot in the thigh, he'd been dumped 
in an abandoned adobe hut near Trinidad, Colorado, and left for dead. Mm -hmm. Now, a boy from the school where Sister Blandina taught had found him and brought her to the location for, for help. So, in addition to fresh bandages and water, she had furnished the hurt desperado with food and linens. She tended to his spiritual as well as physical needs. And for that, she was rewarded with an audience with Happy Jack's partner in crime. Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid. And here's what she said. And again, I like this because it quotes her. Mm -hmm. She says, he has steel blue eyes and a peach complexion. Peach. Peach. She recalled in her journal, one would take him to be 17, innocent looking, save for the corners of his eyes, which tell a set purpose, good or bad. Good thing you didn't look like a Granny Smith apple. <laughs> no. And again, we're going to get back to this, so, okay. uh, Billy. But the purpose Sister Blandina had learned for one of Billy's uh, upcoming raids was definitely a bad thing. According to Happy Jack, the gang was going to kill the four doctors living in the area who'd refused to call on the gunshot gang member. Uh-oh. So Happy Jack's the one that's shot. He's the one that's laying there. Happy wasn't happy. He wasn't happy, and neither was Billy the Kid's gang. No. And they were going to go kill those other doctors. Yeah. So she was thinking of those men when she talked to Billy, and she said, yes, there is a favor you can grant me, she said. Uh, he's, he reached his hand toward me, she said. The favor is granted. Billy the Kid promised. Well, she went on to say, I took the hand saying, I understand you have come to scalp our Trinidad physicians, which act I ask you to cancel. Scalp them? Kill them. I didn't. Scalp them. Man, well, I didn't know said, they were Apaches. She said scalp, I'm assuming kill. Yeah. You know. Well, after a quick moment contemplating the request, Billy said, I granted the favor before I knew what it was, and it stands. Not only that, sister, he continued, but at any time my pals and I can serve you, you will find us ready. And that's going to come back a little later in the story. Here you go with another cliffhanger. <laughs> that's right. So Sister Blandina thanked him and left the room. Uh-huh. So... Anyway, when Sister Blandina was first called to Trinidad, she believed that the mining town was located in Cuba. It wasn't until she boarded the stage in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cuba, like across the water right, with Castro? Right. She thought that's where she was headed. Holy smokes. But uh, anyway, she got on the stage, and she had attended the St. Vincent Academy and taken her holy vows that she learned was bound for the territory of Colorado. Uh-huh. Well, her desire to live and work on the wild frontier was realized in, this is in 1872. So, okay. Her name, actually, she was born Rosa Maria Sigali, mm -hmm. born in 1850 in Italy. Okay. She came to America with her parents and three other siblings when she was four years old. The family settled in Cincinnati, where several of the, their other countrymen had made their home. Well, she wasn't able to speak English, which was somewhat of a barrier. Her parents arranged for their children to have English lessons. And after finishing school and completing several music and Spanish language courses, Rosa entered a convent. And once she had taken her final vows, she was given the name Sister Blandina. Mm -hmm. Now, do you want to take a break right here? I think I will. I think I will. And we'll uh, jump in here, and we want to tell everybody about our friends at A Child's World. And they are one of our great sponsors of School Days in Cache County. Every Thursday, A Child's World at 1308 Overland and Burley. Now 20% off on everything in the store. Holy cow, they wish you a very Merry Christmas. Stop in and check 
out all the clothing and all the games, everything for the family at A Child's World, 1308 Overland Avenue in Burley. And don't forget to Ambulatory Surgery Center. If you have met your insurance deductible and you need to schedule surgeries like hand surgeries, arthroscopic knee surgery, colonoscopies, call them at the Ambulatory Surgery Center, 677-8888, Highland Avenue in Burley. And Ambulatory Surgery Center and a Child's World bringing you school days in Cassia County. And now, back to... What was Sister. that? Sister, Sister Blandini? <laughs> Sister Blandina. Oh, Blandina. Yeah, I'm sorry. All right. Okay. Well, before Sister Blandina began her long journey alone to Trinidad, she was made aware of the trouble she might encounter along the way and how best to protect herself. Sister, you may be snowbound while on the plains, uh, two well-meaning frontiersmen staring, staying in, the, uh, in Ohio explained to her. Travelers are sometimes snowbound for two weeks, and you are alone. This, though, is not the greatest danger to you. Your real danger is from the cowboys. No virtuous woman is safe near a cowboy. Oh, no, well, I take offense at that. I knew you would. I knew you yeah, would. And you're somewhat of a cowboy yourself. You know, we always tip our hats and be very sure. polite and everything. I don't think that statement was fair. I don't either. And I, I read that, and I knew I would get a reaction. <laughs> yeah. And look at my bride is even mad because she knows that cowboys are gentlemen. They are. are they are. You just watch them. They, uh, I love cowboys. So, okay. anyway. You better be careful how you say that. <laughs> You're right there. I like cowboys and and cowgirls. Yeah, okay. So anyway, she wrote in her journal, she said, When I showed no signs of reconsidering the venture, both men gave up trying to make me understand what they considered dangerous. So the fearless, determined nun arrived at her Colorado destination in 1872. She was greeted warmly by the other sisters living at the Trinidad convent and learned all about the school where she would be working. So she spent some time reviewing her Spanish. She says, I went to look at the school. It was about 40 feet long, 14 feet wide, 8 feet high, two small windows, solid adobe on two sides. Now, Sister Blandina's first class considered of a number of pupils older than the average student, which wasn't unusual in that day. Uh, but anyway, the feisty 15 and 16-year-old boys were a little mischievous. Uh-huh. I can't imagine. Imagine that. And they started out the first day by attempting to play a joke on the new teacher. So, speaking only in Spanish, they made plans to not return to class after recess. Well, they didn't know Sister Blandina overheard the boys and knew Spanish. So the fact that she spoke the language and stood up to them earned her instant respect. She had their full attention for the rest of the day. So anyway, the majority of the day centered around addition and subtraction, reading, writing, geography, history, and of course the Catholic religion. And class time was periodically disrupted by attacks from the area Ute Indians who were trying to drive out everyone who was not Mexican. Well, the Utes allied themselves with the Mexican people because they did not perceive them as a threat to their way of life. Now, Sister Blandina realized that changes had to be made to this school, which was growing, and the primitive building had many other uses when school was not in session. It turned out it was a place for the town meeting, a music hall, a place for funerals, etc. But the nuns at the convent were in favor of a new school building, but they didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. So, in less than a month's time, uh, because of her work and dedication, 
They started a new building, a stone foundation was laid, and a new schoolhouse was built. And this is just the beginning of some of her accomplishments. Okay. Now, Sister Blandina's kindness and resourcefulness extended beyond her dedication to teaching. She had a heart for the sick and destitute as well. And there was an absence of, of course, medical professionals and hospitals in the territory. And Sister Blandina had a knack for nursing. Now, although she had no formal training in the field, she had witnessed wounded soldiers during the Civil War. And her goal was to help build a hospital where Native Americans, orphans, minors, and injured outlaws could receive care. Now, the students knew Sister Blandina's position on helping those in need, and they were not afraid to come to her to ask for assistance. So it was one of her pupils who approached her to lend aid to the wounded member of Billy the Kid's gang, Happy Jack. He's, uh, the student said he's badly hurt and has a very poor chance of living. He was shot in the thigh. Thigh, yeah. Okay. So not a good good place. No, um, no. And anyway, she said, we shall do all we can for him. And Sister Blandina looked after Happy Jack for nine months. Holy smokes. Before he died. I hope he had Blue Cross. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. But he did die after nine months. But, yeah. you know, the dedication to care for somebody for nine months. Wow. Uh, and knowing that he was an outlaw. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, in December of 1876, Sister Blandina was transferred uh, from the nunnery in Trinidad to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Well, the stage driver and a reverend assigned to accompany the sister and a fellow nun on her journey were a little apprehensive about the trip because Billy the Kid's gang was quite active at this time. Well, Sister Blandina's previous encounter with Billy led her to believe that there was no need for concern. Mm-hmm. Well, she arrived in Santa Fe, and uh, she described the room. She said the schoolroom. There was no blackboards, no charts, no maps, no desks, no books, nothing but uh, the teacher and the orphans. There were two textbooks, one for the teacher and one for the students. So, and again, they didn't have any money to buy anything. Well, she did what she did best. She contacted some people, and within days, the floors of the building were being repaired, windows installed, blackboards, books, everything she needed. So... Anyway, Sister Blandina returned to Trinidad to visit her sister. Now, on her trip back to Santa Fe, news that Billy the Kid was ambushing stagecoaches sent a wave of panic over the stage driver and passengers, and nearly everyone aboard was cleaning and loading revolvers and rifles in anticipation of an assault. Well, sure enough... Sorry. Folks, I wish you could watch Zeb. <laughs> He's chasing a fly around the studio, and I think this fly just met his demise. I don't know, but I sure ripped up a lot of papers. You, you did. <laughs> a little distracting there, Zeb. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, so back to the stagecoach. Yeah. Okay, so sure enough, uh, Sister Blandine is on this stagecoach. A number of fast riders from every side caught up with the stage. One rider led the others to the site. Seeing who the man was, Sister Blandina shifted the bonnet on her head so the two could look into each other's eyes, and sure enough, it was Billy the Kid. He recognized her at once. 
raised his large-brimmed hat with a wave and a bow before turning and riding away. Uh-oh. So Sister Blandina's time teaching the Santa Fe was rewarding, and she took on more than just educating the class on the basics. She was also a music instructor. Well, in 1878... Next thing you know, you're going to say she was the leader of the Senate or something. For heaven's well, sake, she did everything. We're going to get to a little bit of that, oh actually. So you're, you're ahead of me. Anyway, uh, in 1878, she was called upon the church to start work on a trade school for young women. And again, there was no money for such an adventure or adventure. So she simply announced uh, at the next Sunday mass that the Sisters of Charity wish to build a house where girls in need can be trained in industry. Mm -hmm. Well, the next day, 12 men arrived at the site for the school. The foundation was set and the building began soon after that. So anyway, while Sister Blandina was busy teaching and overseeing the building of the schools, hospitals, and orphanages, Billy the Kid was busy terrorizing the countryside. Well, she continued to pray for his soul and that he would have a chance to reconcile his misdeeds with God before he was captured and killed. Mm -hmm. Well, when he finally met his demise in 1881, she wrote in her journal, Poor, poor Billy. The kid was shot by Sheriff Patrick F. Garrett of Lincoln County. Mm-hmm. That ends the career of one who began his downward course at the age of 12. Wow. And that's in her, her journal. Really? Yeah. So, anyway. Now, stop right there because her thinking that Pat Garrett had actually killed Billy the Kid is kind of interesting because even today, as you and I have talked on numerous occasions, there are some discrepancies as to whether or not Pat Garrett had killed Billy the Kid or if he had lived to be an old, old man. That's right. And I, I'm guessing that she just was writing as what was told to her by the local people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm guessing, too, if she had any other knowledge about that, she may not have written it down. Yeah, true. Just a guess. She befriended him. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, in, a, in 1881, Sister Blandina was directed to move to Albuquerque. And over the 10-year period she lived there, she helped build three schools, including a school for Indians and a mission. She saw the Wild West evolve from an untamed frontier to a civilized country. Now, not everyone welcomed the changes the West was undergoing. Among those who fought the transformation were the Apache Indians, especially Chief Geronimo. Uh-oh, look out for him. Yeah. Now, Sister Blandina's journal contained a few entries about Geronimo. Mm -hmm. And she sympathized and empathized with Geronimo and the native Indians, uh, of course, because they were being displaced. So, anyway, it was because of Sister Blandina's sympathy for the Indians that she agreed to teach the Apache women and children in the area to read and write. Oh, be darn. And in her journal, she says, to go to the Apaches would be the height of my earthly happiness. So she was quite an amazing woman. How old was this lady? Um, I'm not sure, but I'll tell you how old she was when she died. That's fair. That's at the end. Okay. <laughs> well, Sister Blandina's interest in education extended beyond the students she was assigned to teach. She worked closely with the superintendent and board members of the public schools to improve methods of teaching. So, as I mentioned, almost a little bit of a political activist. Wow, I guess. So, well, in 1889, the Catholic Church recalled Sister Blandina to Trinidad. Well, a dispute had erupted between the Colorado School Board and the nuns who taught at the facility. Mm -hmm. The sisters were being asked to lay aside their religious clothing. Okay. Why? The habit. Well, 
that's a good question, but Sister Blandino was called upon to settle this matter. Well, a school board meeting where the matter of the nuns' habits were discussed, meaning their clothing. Mm -hmm. The teacher's qualifications were not being called into question. The school board's position was that anything in a public school that even hinted of religion or sectarianism would bring trouble. So, now this is what I like. Sister Blandina's journal entry began, The intent of the meeting was to notify me that under no circumstances does the school board want to lose our services, but we ask you to change your mode of dress. And here's what she said. Oh, boy. I looked steadily at the chairman and replied, The Constitution of the United States gives me the same privilege to wear this mode of dress as it gives you to wear your trousers. Goodbye. She she, left. she was a uh, tendency to be a little blunt. Yeah, she just laid it on the line. I like that. Yeah. I well, like that. Sister Blandina returned to Cincinnati, Ohio, and in 1897 worked with children, teaching and assisting attorneys in juvenile cases. She also worked with Italian immigrant children. She and her sister established the Italian Welfare Center. Oh, she had a sister. Yeah, she had, uh, there was four of them, I believe. I see. Yeah. But this helped house the homeless and provide all in need of food and clothing. Well, winter of 1941, she died. Uh, she was hospitalized, died, died uh, in 1941 after celebrating her 91st birthday. Wow. 91 years old. 91 years old. You know, she died six years before I was born. <laughs> she did. Yes, that's true. Yeah, and, and she died just a couple of days before you were born. You're so old. <laughs> hey, I'll never be as old as you. Okay. <laughs> but what an amazing woman. Wow, I mean, she did a lot. She, she, was, she just was amazing, and, you know, her attitude towards the Indians, towards Billy the Kid. There's a movie. Yeah. There's really, a movie. Sure. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Uh, Geronimo, Billy the Kid. The, she knew them all. She, the things she did in her lifetime of 91 years. Wow. And I've got a picture of her. I'm going to show you this yeah, picture. Let me see that picture. You know, not a not a bad-looking lady. No, I mean, know? she looks a lot. You know who she looks like? Angelina Jolie. She does, actually. Yeah, I'm she not does. kidding. Yeah, very, uh, you know, a nice-looking lady. Yeah. But uh, Sister Ann, Sister Blandina Sagali. Holy smoke. See, Deanne, come here. Look, that looks like Angelina Jolie. And my wife, you know, naturally takes the fun out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sort of. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, and that is a true account from her diary. Yes, yeah, okay. I, I like that. You did very well. Thank you. Hey, real quick, I am flat out of time. We went a little longer, but right. uh, next week, Tuesday, you're going to be here at my open house uh, for Christmas, and we're going to do the Christmas story. Yes, we're going to tell the true story of Christmas from the Bible. Okay. And and that's one time when we generally don't joke around a lot. Not at all. Uh, to me, that's a very serious but yet a very happy day. It is. It's great. And uh, I want to extend the very best to your wife. I hope she feels better. What's your wife's first name? Angie. Angie. That's right. I couldn't remember. Yep. Uh, I hope you feel better, Angie. I know things are tough living with Ken. But uh, <laughs> anyway, God bless you, and I wish you a very Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you, Zeb. You have a great Christmas, too. Have a great day. Thanks, Thanks. Ken. Doctor History, right here on Zeb at the Ranch.